Welcome to the Old Time Radio Superman Show. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, adam at adamsweb.us, and be sure and rate the show on iTunes. Also, pick up your copy of Speed Trap. It's my latest superhero comedy novel. It's available as a paperback, in ebook in the Kindle store, or also in audiobook. That's Speed Trap. Well, now it's time for today's episode of Superman. The original air date is May the 31st of 1948, and this one is The Mystery of the Sleeping Beauty, Part 9. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. It's Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, Clark Kent reads the note brought to Rev Payton by her trained bird and suddenly realizes that the hidden land of Illyria may hold the answer to the world's most puzzling mystery. Right now, it's only a hunch, Lois. But unless I'm way off theme... Yes? Unless I'm building mountains out of molehills... Which you have a habit of doing, Clark. This note may lead us to a solution of the world's greatest mystery. Which is? Wait, and you'll see. It was February 1943, off the coast of Greenland. The churning sea tossed the torpedoed soldiers around like empty bottles bobbing in the waves as they took one last look at their sinking ship, the SS Dorchester. What they saw, they will never forget. For there, on the deserted deck, already awash, stood their four chaplains, beloved by every man among them. Bravely, they stood looking square into the face of death, with their arms linked together and their heads bowed. Each chaplain had given his life belt to a G.I. who did not have one. And now the four men, two of them Protestant, one Catholic and one Jewish, stood together, their hands linked in friendship, as they raised their voices to pray. Then the ship shook with a violent shudder and silently slipped down into the unmeasured depths of the sea. Boys and girls, in commemoration of this deed of supreme heroism, our government has issued a new three-cent stamp dedicated to the memory of these four chaplains. On the stamp is a picture of the sinking Dorchester, and grouped above it, the faces of Clark Poling and George Fox, Protestant ministers, John Washington, Catholic priest, and Alexander Good, Jewish rabbi. Across the stamps are the words, These immortal chaplains, interfaith in action. This brotherhood stamp will soon be in every American home and in stamp albums all over the country. The words inscribed on it will be a constant reminder to us that we can best pay tribute to these immortal chaplains by interfaith in action. And now, the adventures of Superman. 
As you remember, Rev Payton, Princess of Valyria, finished her strange and fascinating story. After that, Clark Kent questioned her over and over again about how she had been condemned to death by Franz, the Grand Master, and of how she had finally escaped the sentence with the help of Herkimene, her old friend and advisor. Then, by further questioning, Kent discovered that the note which Franz had written to someone outside Illyria was now hidden somewhere aboard the royal barge on which the princess had been found. As we continue now, Nakoma, the bird, has just returned with the note. Kent has read it and turned pale. Great Scott! What's the matter, Clark? Gosh, Mr. Kent, you're white as a ghost. But it, it, it's unbelievable. It's the very note Nakoma first found in Illyria. That I swear to thee, Mr. Kent. Oh, sure, sure it is, Repayton. That, that isn't what I meant. Well, what do you mean? Lois, do you know what language this note is written in? No, what? It's in German. German? Well, let me see it. Here. It's German. There's no question about it. You're right. That means France was German. Well, you can read German, can't you, Miss Lane? Well, after a fashion, Jim. Well, see if you can't translate the note, will you? In the meantime, Rev. Payton, w- will you describe France for us again? What meanest thou describe? Well, uh, but tell us again how he looked, how he spoke. You know, just what he was like. Oh, it is not difficult for me to do. He standeth before mine eyes always as an evil spirit haunting me. Well, try to forget about that now. What did he look like? Oh, leave her alone, Clark. What difference does it make what he looked like? It may make a lot of difference. I've got an idea. Well, there you go, building mountains out of molehills again. Look, you translate the note, Lois. Let me handle this. Go ahead, Rick Payton. Describe France for me, please. He, uh, he was of medium height, with thin hair of a sandy color. Uh Uh-huh. His eyes were small and pale. They were without warmth. That's fine. Now, as I recall, you said something about his voice. She said it was harsh and unpleasant. Aye, that it was. And with a curious accent. Could you imitate his speech, Rev. Payton? Nay, Mr. Kent, I could not. You think you'd recognize it if you heard it? At least the accent? Aye, that perhaps. All right, let's try it. I'm going to ask Jimmy to say something in, in a German accent. Now, you listen closely and tell me whether it sounds at all like Franz. Okay, Jim, go ahead. Well, what'll I say? Huh? Oh, uh, well, let's see. Uh, say, I am Franz, Grand Master of Illyria, and my word is law. I am Franz, Grand Master of Illyria, and my word is law. Okay. <clears throat> I am Franz, Grand Master of Illyria, and my word is law. How's that? Of course, Jimmy's younger, but how does that sound? Does that sound familiar, Rev. Payton? Aye. It is almost as though Franz might have spoken it. Good. Any luck on the translation, Lois? Uh, well, uh, not quite, but I'll have it soon. Please hurry. Well, Clark, here it is. This isn't exact, but it's the sense of it. Okay. Um... Forty-two days from now, the gates of Illyria will be thrown open. I think that's what it means. Plan to enter at that time. All right. Now, let's see what we've got. We know Franz is a German. We know he came to Illyria a couple of years ago, probably soon after the war ended. How do we know that? From what Red Payton has told us. But, Clark, we don't even know where Illyria is. No, but we know it's a hidden city, right? Right. Great. So what? Well, so that means nobody knows about it. Well, obviously, but where does that get us? Well, it has to be on this continent, probably in either Central or South America. How do you figure that out? Look, according to the doctor who examined Rev. Payton, she couldn't possibly have been afloat on the barge more than ten days without food and water. Yes. All right. We found the barge about five miles off the southern tip of Florida. So, wherever it came from had to be within ten days' drifting distance from Illyria. 
That would put it somewhere along the coast of Central and South America. Sure, I'm all mixed up. You follow me, Lois? Well, yes, I think so, but granted that's true. How did France, the German, learn about Illyria? Well, we'll probably never know that. Somehow he did, soon after the end of the war. Pretty, Mr. Kent. May I ask something? Well, sure, F. Peyton. What is it? Thou uh, spoke a word with which I'm not uh, familiar a moment back. What word? Oh, I just remember now. Thou spoke of something at an end. Oh, the war. Huh? You said after the end of the war, Mr. Kent. Oh. Aye, that is it, war. What means that word? Gosh, you see, Lois? See how well Illyria was hidden, cut off from the rest of the world? She doesn't even know what war means. I wish I didn't. Yeah. What means it, Mr. Kent? Well, it means fighting between people of different countries. Oh, it is a game, perhaps? Oh, some game. No, no, Rep. Payton, it's not a game. It's a brutal, inhuman thing during which men on one side take the lives of men on the other. The war we're talking about ended only a few years ago, just before France came to your Illyria. He belonged to one of the countries fighting the war, a country called Germany. Why did he come to Illyria? Why did he not go back to his own country? Well, he may have been trapped in Central or South America when the war ended. Perhaps he was a spy. We can even assume he escaped into the hills and just happened to stumble on Illyria at the time of the year when, as you told us, the gates were thrown open. Oh, brother, if ever you decide to give up newspaper work, Clark... Yes? You can always make a living writing adventure stories. Now, look, Lois, I'm only... Trapped in Central America, a spy escaped into the hills, well, just... stumbled on Illyria. What an imagination. Well, it sounds good to me. Thanks, Jim. And as for you, Lois, this may be a lot more than an adventure story. In fact, it may turn out to be the answer to a riddle that has been mystifying the world since V.E. Day. I don't get it. You will, if my hunch is right. Jim? Yes, Mr. Kent? In my room across the hall on the dresser, you'll find a map of Florida and a map of the islands off the Central American coast. Please get them for me, will you, like a good fellow? Oh, sure thing. Now, Rev. Peyton, while Jim is getting the map, suppose you try to tell us hey. something about... What's the matter, Jim? Somebody turned the hall lights on. Clark Kent's face clouds as he turns toward the open door. Why are the hall lights off? Evidently, Kent suspects something. We'll know more about it in just a minute, so keep listening. Gang, many's the time you've heard a fellow say, See that guy? Got bad blood. That's why he's so mean. Or, she comes from one of the oldest Boston families, a real blue blood. Well, all this talk sounds as if different people have blood of different colors and quality, as if you could have blue blood or bad blood. So let's get it cleared up once and for all. It's not true. Science tells us that there are no differences in blood because of a person's skin color, the way he worships God, where he lives, or where he comes from. You can prick a fellow's finger and look at his blood, but you won't be able to tell a thing about him from that except perhaps the state of his health. Now, science knows this to be absolutely true. And if you ask your big brothers who are veterans, I'll bet they'll tell you it's true, too. For many of our fighting men received blood transfusions during the war from patriotic Americans of every race and religion, from rich men and poor men, professors and laborers. Your own brother may be alive today because of blood plasma given to him by an Indian or a Mexican, a Buddhist or a Quaker, a Jew or a Catholic. It hasn't made your brother any different, has it? then why should it make the people who gave it to him any different? Now, there are four types, A, B, O, and AB. Anybody can have one of these types of blood. 
Now, type O can be mixed with any of the other types, but the rest can't be mixed with each other or the patient will die. So you see, gang, the only thing that counts when you're getting blood, a blood transfusion, is whether or not the new blood is the same type blood as yours. And now, back to the adventures of Superman. In an effort to determine the location of Illyria, the hidden land from which the Princess Rev. Payton was banished, Clark Kent sent Jimmy Olsen for some maps. But as Jim opened the door of the hotel room and stepped out into the hall, he found the lights had been turned off, and the hall was in total darkness. Who do you think turned them off, Mr. Kent? I don't know, Jim, but be careful. Get the maps from my room and come right back. Okay. Is Jim afraid of the dark? Oh, you know he isn't, so why say it? You look a little jittery yourself. All the lights were on just a minute ago. Oh, well. Now, let's see, where were we? Uh, oh, yes, yes. You see, we must find out, Rev. Payton, or at least try to find out where your country is located. But how can I tell thee, Mr. Kent? I've never been outside the walls of Illyria in all my life. That's true. Safe when they carried me unconscious to the barge. Well, now, maybe we can help you. First of all, Illyria must be near a river. Why, Clark? Well, Rev. Payton's people wouldn't have settled in a region without water. Mr. Kent is right. Water flows at the side of our land directly into the sea, some distance away. It was there my barge was placed. Okay, so we know it's near a river and not too far from the ocean. Now, is it hot or cold in Illyria? In Illyria, the climb is mostly mild. It is neither too warm nor too cold. But four seasons have we, each delightful unto themselves. Oh, that doesn't help us much. I'll say it doesn't. But there is this to add. What? Illyria is high on a plateau. But higher still stretch mountain peaks far above it. And there it is cold, with snow and ice in great abundance. Also, though on our side of the mountain, the sun shines warm and bright. On the other side, it's bleak and dismal, with almost continual rain. Ah. Well, now it's more mixed up than ever. Not to me it isn't. I'm beginning to see light. Jeepers. What's that? Mr. Kent... Somebody's out here. I'm coming, Jim. I, I've got you. Jim! Jim! As Clark Kent rushes out to the hall, Lois stands tensely by Rev. Payton, listening to the sounds of the struggle outside the room. Who was lurking in the darkness? And why? For the answer, gang, don't miss Chapter 10 of The Mystery of the Sleeping Beauty tomorrow. Be sure to tune in. Same time, same station. For more of... The Adventures of Superman! Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at this same time. Watch for the Superman Adventure Serial, soon to be shown at your local movie theater. This program came from New York. Stay tuned to your mutual station for Captain Midnight, which follows in just a moment. And right after Captain Midnight, you'll hear Tom Mix and his Ralston straight shooters. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System.